0: Well, hey you, hello there, every person everywhere. Why, hello there once again, everybody. My name is Lynn, and I'm your host for Every Person Everywhere. And this is stuff that you can relate to, hopefully. So, in the last couple episodes, I pretty much walked us through the better... I want to say half of my travels, really, throughout my grad school experience. So we're cresting the hill now of things to talk about. So we initially talked about my excursions throughout Central Europe, and we talked about everything that I saw and did in the United Kingdom itself, and the rest of Ireland. And we talked about everything I did all throughout Scandinavia, which means we now get to take A trip to the Mediterranean but before we do that we have to take a trip to the Eastern Bloc so everywhere I went you could tell that there was Soviet influence most of these countries that I'm going to talk about for the next couple of episodes really they have their own autonomous features and that's what I'm going to focus on but just know this all of them have influence from Russia As most of these countries in Eastern Europe didn't have the ability to claim their own real independence for a long time. In fact, long into the Cold War, I think the last one to claim independence was Ukraine, and that was in 95 or 96. But the rest of these Baltic state countries all became independent between 1990 and 1995. So very new country, suffice to say. Obviously, they've been countries for a while, but actually having their own autonomy and their own sense of self is something that they had to fight tooth and nail for for a very long time. So, you'll see there's gulag-style buildings and old concrete apartments that all look exactly the same because Russia was preparing for their end game just in case they needed to kind of deal throughout most of their existence as a controlling entity. And, of course, when the Soviet Union fell, a lot of places were able to create their own identity, and that's exactly what I'm going to focus in on. So Russian influence is very big, and Russia is sort of a sore subject in most of the country, which is interesting because Russians are actually welcome to move there if they want to truly escape their motherland. Um, A sense of patriotism for the USSR, definitely not accepted in these parts, but you get to see the merging of many worlds because a lot of these languages have influence from the Soviets. Ukrainian and Bulgarian I believe have their own very distinct Cyrillic alphabet and it sounds a lot like a lot of Russian and the Czech Republic also does now Estonia where I first started my journey although it was the closest to Russia and therefore had the most influence and was actually I think three time zones not two time zones um, behind in Europe Um, it was so far north that they obviously had the influences of being that far north as well and by that, I mean lots of hermit-looking huts and stuff alongside the Soviet influences. In each of the Baltic states, I stayed in the cheapest place I could find. And that ended up being an Airbnb from a Russian man named Evgeny, who I'll talk about in a moment. Um, that was in Estonia. I couch-surfed in Latvia, and then the next cheapest thing I could afford in Lithuania, which I had an absolute blast at, was in a hostel in the middle of the town square in Vilnius, uh, Lithuania, when I went there. So, in this excursion to this Airbnb, I got to meet Evgeny, who was a web developer, a blogger, a pizza delivery man, and, of course, an Airbnb host. So this man had, like, five or six side hustles that equivocated his full-time income. Um, I think he now lives somewhere else with his current partner, um, who he met after his uh, daughter actually passed away from her condition. I believe she had some variation of lupus. So she had a lot of homeotherapy, like homopathic therapy, um, a lot of complementary therapies that they actually introduced me to. So they made homeopathic food for me, and I made them chai, which is, you know, an Indian recipe, and it was sort of my thanks for them hosting me. Um, It was... It was an airbnb turned couch surfing spot so i actually didn't pay for anything because it was like i said couch surfing at the end of the day but i did end up throwing him some change because he was hosting me for free in one of the best places i ever stayed for free Um, and i cooked them dinner and i bought them a round or two of groceries i met him up and i couldn't provide too much monetarily because i was strapped for resources once again but I had a lot of heart-to-hearts with him and ended up being his first unofficial therapist um, way back when. So he had a lot of, you know, sort of ongoing um, issues that he needed to resolve between him and his ex-partner of whom he had his daughter with. And she was still in Russia, still in her, I think, uh, girl band or whatever it was. And he was in Estonia... Trying to start anew, trying to finance his apartment and trying to keep his daughter well. And he did whatever it took and he's honestly one of the hardest working people I ever met. So he gave me lots of tinctures that made me feel funny. And we had good times together, had lots of good chats doing that. We spent a lot of time together just overall rolling about our lives in general and talking about our relationship issues. As far as Estonia goes itself... There were a lot of nice parks. There's a very slow-paced life there. The city of Tallinn, there's a lot of art and culture there because when I went was closer to sort of the off-season, which would be like April, there wasn't as much to do, but you could take day tours to other parts of Estonia. There's lots and lots of massive forests there in which there's lots of like Celtic mythology that originates there from. And it's really incredible to see actually uh, the development of everything that they had going on there. Of course, um, like I said, I didn't get to go out and see anything because I was very broke, but I did take a very random bolt, so bolt is like Russian Uber, and I took a very random bolt to Vilgandi, which was a very random small section of forest in which there was supposed to be lots of beautiful flora and fauna. And uh, needless to say, that is something I would determine to be mostly a joke. There wasn't that much going on there. As far as I remember in Estonia, you know, there's a lot of amphitheaters and opera houses. People live very slowly. Once again, everything is in Estonia, so I couldn't really understand most of what was being said there. But getting to see Kik in the Kik Castle, which literally means the lord's fortress and not what you think it means Um, with a canadian tour group getting to try estonian uh, heart hearty food with them um, as they tried it for the first time i'd already been used to baltic food at this point because of being cooked for at uh, the airbnb slash couch surfing hostel thing Um, but this was this canadian tour group's first time ever experiencing baltic food uh, so I got to see a lot of their minarets, pirapets. There was a part of Estonia where you would go to the old section of the old town and climb a massive tower and be able to look out over everything. So one of my favorite photos of that sort of leg of adventures was taken there. It was it was just incredible, you know. Um, just living, living like one of them and just learning about everything. And if you went to the apothek or their pharmacy, they also had a gift shop there. And in this gift shop, uh, you would be able to directly witness what um, Soviet life kind of looked like. Because they had old souvenirs and bottles and uh, fur hats and balaclavas. And I saw balalaika there. And patches and coins and... um, metryoshka dolls all sorts of mementos from a different time the only public restroom in old talon was there and there was a lot of fortress doors because it functioned a lot as a castle before russia took it over and it basically was a castle that turned into a city just like york was and um just like a lot of other places i've already talked about were before going under siege from one person one way or another so all in all Estonia was very laid back. There were a lot of underground passages that the Soviets used to escape back home. In the Capitol building, or their version of the All Thing, that is where started the human chain, the longest human chain ever created. Soviet Russia came knocking on their door in 1993 when they were trying to declare independence and put up a fight, but they said, you know what? We'll make you a deal. If you give us a good enough reason to leave you guys alone, we might. And so all of the Baltic states became free pretty much at the same time because person one was holding shut the door of the parliamentary building in Tallinn, Estonia. And person two... The person one was holding the door shut so the Soviet Union could not go up and raise the Soviet flag. And then they created the human chain that actually expanded a five mile drive worth of territory through all of Latvia, holding closed the door in Riga, Latvia, on their capital building. And the chain then continued onwards to the capital building in Vilnius, Lithuania. So many, many hundred miles of human chain to stand in solidarity. And they sang hymn songs of peace and freedom. And it was a very peaceful protest against Russia. And it was in this period of time that the Baltic states became free. They elected their first presidents and councilmen. And it became very progressive very quickly. And people could breathe a bit easier knowing that they were now going to have their own entity and be able to join the European Union as it was being further developed. Free they were of Russian rubles. Free they were of Soviet francs and Soviet currency. So what would I recommend about Estonia? Well, it's a good place to start a trip throughout the Baltic states, obviously. Um, It's very inexpensive there as a tourist. I think I might have spent $20 total per day. And then souvenirs, I might have spent $10 per day and got pretty decent souvenirs from it all as well. I met incredible people there. I had a great time. There was a lot of things to walk and see and do. You could easily get lost there when it's the cultural seasons. They have a lot of festivals there. And you can also drive or take a bus for about 5 to $10 from there to Latvia. And you can see a lot of stuff in Latvia and Estonia just kind of moving right along so to say and so I got off the bus in Latvia and more more or less the same as it just was in this previous episode you know there wasn't a whole lot to do besides walk and enjoy but I was encouraged after my walking tour of the city capital and the art district and the dance studio that Artur, uh worked in with Edkars and they were the two individuals that hosted me. Um, after we went out for beers together and day drank, uh, I then was encouraged to go um, to Yermala. Yermala is their biggest, nicest beach in Latvia, and I took an old Russian steam train for like three dollars to get to and from Yermala. Um, I got on around noon and I came back around four o'clock in the afternoon. I spent like two hours on the beach with my feet in the sand contemplating life and realizing that I could just watch the ocean waves carry my sorrows away. And that was significant for me because I was never the biggest fan of like oceans and stuff in general. But here I was being poised with this opportunity to just sit back, relax, and let go a little bit and enjoy the present moment. There were lots of sculptures and lots of artwork donated by the people. Of Latvia, and random artwork turtles everywhere to signify lots of culturally significant events that happen in Latvia. So that ultimately was pretty cool as well. Uh, And then seeing, of course, the dance studio that my buddy worked at, and walking to and from the bus depot, and buying Latvian sweets and foods there. And of course, Latvia has their own variation of coffee as well. So I did that, went back to town, walked and saw some of their massive, beautiful parks, which I'd absolutely recommend going and spending time with your family at. And then went to their national library because they have the biggest library in all of continental Europe in Latvia. It was impressive. You actually needed to buy a pass just to tour the facility, let alone take out books. So I didn't stay very long before realizing that I was effectively trespassing as such. And got right back out. So I'd say my day and a half in Latvia turned out pretty well. Like I said, there's not too much that I remember from being there that was, like, noteworthy per se. But it was still a cool, cool experience to, to be there nonetheless, if that makes sense. And then I got on the bus the following day and headed to Lithuania. The, uh, there was a giant giant hill that had three crosses on top of it i also went to Kalnas for the day where they had basically their variation of the boardwalk and the beach and i got to experience life there as it was and that was pretty awe inspiring too all things considered to see you know how slowly they they lived in um, you know this little neck of the woods and, um, to see how they, they functioned in Lithuania. Everybody was laid back. A lot of people still lived with family. This is where I met that girl that I, the one and only time I ever hooked up with anybody on a tour group. We were just chatting one night and she admitted that she was crushing on me. And I said, well, let's, let's act on it. And then we did. But after that, you know, I spent the night with, um, somebody else that was couch surfing that I told you about before, where I paid for $5 worth of beers To get us both completely wasted for like five, ten dollars each. And then the festival was five dollars to get into. And then obviously we had plenty of time to uh, derp around in between, walk around the city, make dinner. I got to check out Lithuanian meat markets because their markets over there have most of the major things and happenings that you will see in the area. Um, of the baltic states it's just an incredible sight to see really so you know i got to experience this firsthand and i got to see those parapets i got to walk through their plaza mayor and there's a lot of things happening every night lots of buskers somebody was doing an ambient rendition of wish you were here by pink floyd which i recognized immediately and i just sat and was transfixed there were about four of us that stayed in the hostel together and we just kind of toured together, ate food together, went out for meals, and just hung out. And it was great because that's exactly what hostels are about, is maintaining your, your sense of poison rationality and also just enjoying the present moment with otherwise complete strangers. Because when else are you going to get an opportunity to lay back, relax, and do something just like that? Not very often indeed. So... The rest of my time in lithuania spent doing walking tours learning about the city by the end of our trip i could navigate the city central by by tongue by the back of my hand and you know it was awesome to see everything that was there um as far as where i would recommend with these three baltic states i would honestly recommend doing all of them, going and seeing all of them. There's something different for each of them. They each have their own unique gastronomy and way of functioning and their factors of life. Each one of them has their own unique history, even though they were all liberated at pretty much the same time. They all have their own rich, unique history as to how they came to be a thing. And the people are so vastly different between these three countries as well. So typically they don't really talk to outsiders unless you talk to them first, as I've said before with the Baltic states, but you still get a lot out of it. You still get to spend time with people and chat them up if you want to that you never otherwise would. So I learned a lot about how they function in general and how it was easy as a tourist to be there or to be there on sabbatical. Like my friend was uh, from Germany um, with his Fulbright scholarship for his surgical rotation All in all, it was just a very humbling experience, I would say. And I would absolutely recommend going and checking it out. And from there, you're only about a six-hour drive from Warsaw, Poland. And that is exactly what I am going to chat with you all about next time. And so, when is the last time that you got to chat with a complete stranger and have a great time? What was the last time you got to go on a super long walk and see lots of cool things you never otherwise thought you would? I'm so much looking forward to you sharing with me what you do, what you did. And to this I add my beautiful silence.